Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 116 of How I Built It. Today, my guest is Andre Gagno of Project Huddle. So we're going to talk about pretty traditional uh, software development today, but a lot of what we talk about has more to do with kind of the research process and, and getting an MVP out there and how he learned the skills that he needed to to help develop this product. So he he talks about how he has a bias towards action, how an MVP is better than something you write down and uh, how an MVP is all you need, right? Don't make perfect software, but I don't want to spoil this whole episode. So I'll just uh, let you get right to it. Uh, of course, before we do that, we need to go to a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Plesk. Do you spend too much time doing server admin work and not enough time building websites? Plesk helps you manage servers, websites, and customers in one dashboard, helping you do those tasks up to 10 times faster than manually coding everything. And let me tell you, I recently checked out their new and improved WordPress toolkit, and I was super impressed by how easy it was to spin up new WordPress sites, clone sites, and even manage multiple updates to themes and plugins. With the click of one button, I was able to update all of my WordPress sites. I was, again, incredibly impressed by how great their WordPress toolkit is. You can learn more and try Plesk for free at plesk.com slash build. That's plesk.com slash build. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Castos. Castos is a podcast hosting platform built specifically for WordPress. Their seriously simple podcasting plugin lets you manage all of your episodes and podcast RSS right from your WordPress site but have your files hosted on a dedicated media hosting platform. If you use WordPress, this is by far the easiest platform that I have used for podcasting. I also really love how the Castos team takes a common sense approach to their pricing. You can create as many episodes and podcasts as you want, and you don't have to worry about how much storage you're using or bandwidth restrictions. And if you're like me and you already have a ton of episodes from an old host, they've got you covered. Castos will import all of your podcast content into their platform completely free of charge. It's literally one click of a button in your WordPress dashboard. I could not believe my eyes when I saw this in action. And it's stuff like this, which is why I built my own podcasting course on top of Castos. And they have put together a really special opportunity for the show today. You can get 50% off your first three months with the code BUILTIT19. That's B-U-I-L-T-I-T-1-9. Just head over to castos.com slash howibuiltit to learn more. That's castos.com slash howibuiltit. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Andre Gagno. He is the self-described abstract concepts coordinator of a very interesting looking WordPress plugin called Project Huddle. Andre, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for, for being on the show and for, uh, I've, I've finally gotten into the habit of asking people how to pronounce their last name. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad I asked for you. Uh, I was able to write down the phonetic spelling. 
But that's not what we're... We're not talking about my adventures and mispronunciation. We <laughs> are talking about your plugin. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so um, currently uh, I'm working full-time on Project Huddle, which is a, a WordPress plugin for getting design feedback from your clients. Um, and the best way I can describe it is it's like sticky notes on your designs and web projects. Um, before that, I was doing uh, a lot of WordPress themes on ThemeForest. And prior to that, I had a freelancing business, um, which is kind of how I decided to create Project Huddle. And I think like a lot of guests on your show, we end up creating things that scratch your own, scratch your own itch and seems to work out. Yeah, that's that's really fantastic. And again, it's it sounds really interesting. I was checking it out a little bit before this show. So uh, you were a freelancer first. You were doing things on Theme Forest. Uh, so maybe, and I, I could probably guess a little bit, but how did you come up with the, uh, let's say, the exact idea for this, right? You mentioned that you were scratching your own itch. A lot of people do that on the show. But what made you think sticky notes for my design projects? It's a great question, and there's a lot of tools out there that already do this. I think people that are in the design um, realm are familiar with Envision is a big one for design, and there's Bugherd and a few other ones for website feedback. Um, but at the time, running my freelance business, I had what I like to call SaaS fatigue. I had all these microservices I needed to subscribe to to run my business, and if I decided I wanted to switch or customize or I didn't want to pay for one, all of my data was gone, which was sort of a huge bummer. And um, so I did a lot of research and I couldn't find anything self-hosted or white label that did something as simple as just point and click feedback. So um, decided to create something and I was heavily involved at WordPress at the time. And it, perfect timing is when WordPress came out with their REST API, which made it, I guess, more than just a blogging platform. It started to become more of like an application platform. Um, so that's kind of how it started. Um, I could get more into the tech details, but maybe we'll we'll save that for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll definitely touch on that during the title question because that's again sounds very interesting. And I love what you said there. You had SaaS fatigue. I think that's something a lot of us are experiencing even more today, right? Because we've got all these services, all these SaaS products we're paying for. A lot of them are integral to our business. We also have. I don't know about you, but I subscribe to Netflix and Hulu and Disney is launching their own within the next year or so. Oh, no way. And I am 100% paying for that. Like, there's no way I'm not going to be able to pay for that one. I have a child uh, and, <laughs> and I am a child. I love Disney. So uh, we're just in, in a situation now where everything is subscription based, including WordPress plugins, right? Yep. Exactly. And, you know, there's even researching a few of these tools. I know there was a, a couple that um, just went down and never came back up. There was a very popular one that I forget the name of it. Um, about a month ago, everybody lost everything and they decided they were going to shut down the business. So you're when you're subscribing to these services, not only are you locked in cost wise, but you're partnering with a business that may not be there, you know, tomorrow or next month. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're also subject to things that the what the platform host wants to do, right? Uh, famously, over the summer or maybe over the spring, Medium decided that they were going to change how their paywall worked. And there were people that maybe 25% of their income relied on that. 
like just on a whim. Absolutely. That's, I think, a prime example not to hinge your business on someone else's proprietary platform. And I think that's why people love open source and self-hosting and doing that stuff because they're eliminating that risk and they're in control of everything. That's a really good example. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I I, <laughs> I remember that and I was like, this is this is the reason that you should self-host or you should at least be able to get things easily out of the platform, right? So like that day, I made a video and I'll link it in the show notes on how to kind of connect Medium and WordPress. So no matter where you posted, the two websites would sync up. Oh, no way. That's a really good solution. Right. That's, I was thinking that too. It's a pretty popular video. I'm, I, I hit the nail on the head sometimes. <laughs> um, so you started to mention researching and, and, and you, mentioned, you, you mentioned Envision and Bugherd, but that there was nothing for the self-hosted person. Uh, what was your research process like? Were you just like kind of looking at and trying at other things? Were you talking to people? I didn't talk to anybody. That would have been a good idea. I talked to maybe a couple friends. Um, I'm not, I'm, I have a bias towards action. I think even an idea can sound great on paper, but then executed, it could be completely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm sort of like, uh, just get it, get a MVP up and um, see if we can get people to buy it. And that's the only way you'll know if it's going to work. So that's exactly what I did. I built the first version of the plugin, which was only, um, feedback on mockups, which are like static images and designs, um, and something really basic, and just put it out for sale and see if people bought it. And sure enough, they did. So I knew that there's value in it enough to uh, keep investing. That's incredible. I have a I have a bias towards action. I really like that because you can just go up to anybody and be like, "Hey, do you think this is a good idea?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> right. This this exact thing happened to me at a WordCamp recently where I was like, there should be a place where people can go and upload talks, like rejected talk ideas to WordCamps, right? Uh, So I propose a talk and it doesn't get accepted, but now I can record it and put it up on this website and maybe an annual subscription is $20 a month. Same. And then uh, it took a couple of my friends to be like, why, why? How much are you paying the speaker for uploading this? Uh, and, and stuff like that. So, um, I'm glad I didn't put any work into it, but, uh, but, uh, I, I mean, I can't take credit for all that. I think, uh, Tim Ferriss has a quote that you don't ask people if they will buy it, ask them to buy it. And that's how you'll know, you know, even if you don't have a product yet, I think you can even sell like, um, pre-orders or something like that just to know if there's value. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point, right? And and um, Troy Dean kind of talked about that too. He put up a pre-sale page for his first webinar, and if it got less than some amount of subscribers, he wasn't or buyers, he wouldn't do it. I think that's mm-hmm. a really good point. So I really like that. And when you were trying to figure out the feature set, was it basically what you saw in these other products, or was it stuff that you knew that you wanted? Yeah, that was an advantage I had. I could look at all these other products, um, and I was the customer, so that made it easy to kind of pair off features. You know, based on the projects I was working on, I could just decide to add a new feature because it was so small. It was just me, um, and of course, it's changed. And you know, my my um, opinion on adding new features has changed, but 
I think at first you really just have to throw a bunch of stuff to the wall and see what sticks and you end up cutting some stuff, you end up adding things. But then um, the most valuable feedback I think you can get, and I learned this kind of in doing WordPress themes too, is you have an idea of how people are going to use something. But then when they actually download it and use it, they, there's all these other ideas and use cases that you didn't think about. And there might be some really large ones that just totally, um, uh, like you didn't even think about. So I think listening to customers and getting that anecdotal feedback right away is like super valuable too. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic point. And um, you're absolutely right there, right? The way I would use it is maybe not the way most people would use it or something like that. So I mm-hmm. uh, really like that. That's a lot of really good advice there. So uh, as we're talking, let's get to the title question, right? We have a good idea of how you research this and where the idea came from. But in the pre-show, we were talking about getting technical. You mentioned the REST API. So how did you build Product Huddle? Yeah, this is uh, really excited for this guy. I never get to talk about the tech side of Project Huddle on, on you know, uh, a lot of these podcasts. So um, first of all, I use WordPress and the REST API. And uh, the reason I chose WordPress is there's a lot of developer familiarity. It's easy to install things. And it has sort of everything you need to build a web, a web app. Um, it has a lot of really neat JavaScript frameworks and tools that ship with WordPress. So um, Project Huddle is built with Backbone. Um, and the REST API has a, um, or WordPress has a backbone client that automatically turns uh, like custom post types into um, models in your backbone app. So you, all that configuration is sort of done for you. Um, and then there's uh, a few other tools that I use. There's a subview manager, which um, Mark Jakewith was, uh, had some, uh, WordCamp talk about the subview manager that was like extremely helpful. And I think um, all these things are sort of bundled with WordPress and people don't really know about them, which I found really interesting. Um, You know, I I think uh, there's a lot of uh, um, popularity for like the newer frameworks like React and Vue, and those are awesome frameworks. But I think Backbone is really underrated because it's so non-opinionated. You can kind of do whatever you want. Um, and then there's some other scripts that uh, didn't ship with WordPress that I needed to make it happen. So um, there's one called xdomain, which is really needed. Um, Project Hold by default, you can use it on other WordPress or other sites, not necessarily WordPress. So you can use it on a Squarespace site or a Shopify site, and it communicates cross-domain. Um, so it's, there's xdomain lets you do that through post message, which is really neat because you don't need to do any special server configurations or anything like that. So there's a, I think there's a lot of like um, really nice open source software that lets you build this stuff. And it's like, we're at the prime time of open source software. Like anybody can build anything and all these things are available and people are just putting them out there for people to use. And it's just, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a really cool time in tech. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> and, and I, man, I, I love that. You're giving me a lot of really good like pull quotes for this episode. <laughs> we're, at, uh, we're at the prime time of open source software. I've been saying this to my students a bit for a while, right? Because when I started, there was no code pen. There was no GitHub. There was just, I was looking at people's websites and trying to figure out what they did. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, me too. Yeah, right? And like nowadays, it's like, oh, here's a code pen and I could fork this and see what happens. Or, oh, someone has like a, a gist on GitHub that allows me to 
actually take a look at some generalized code. So I think you're absolutely right. People are willing to share more and uh, open source has, I mean, Microsoft is like doubling down on it, right? They bought GitHub, which I think a lot of people forget, but uh, <laughs> no, way. Yeah, I didn't forget. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't forget either. But like I was talking, well, I forgot for a little bit. I was talking to somebody and they're like, sometimes I forget that <laughs> Microsoft bought GitHub. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot about that until just now. So uh, <laughs> it, it really is a, a really good time for open source. So you built this with Backbone. I, I, have, a, I have a technical question for you now, because as we record yeah. this, WordPress 5.0 isn't out yet, but Gutenberg is heavily, is all React. Uh, yep. Are you going to make any architectural changes because of that, or are you going to stick with Backbone for the foreseeable future? I don't have any plans to change. I mean, um, Backbone has really worked well for me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's especially with the uh, Backbone client. You know, WordPress still has an investment in it. And it's the Backbone client's part of Core. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I. I I can see like the benefits of like going to something like React, but it's what's really nice about Backbone. It takes a little bit longer for me to write, but to extend it and you know, there's like a child template system within Project Huddle, so you can modify any of the views. It makes it like super easy to do that stuff, um, rather than if you were to you know do something with React and you'd have to do it all in one file and you'd have to write JavaScript. If you're not mm-hmm. familiar with JavaScript, it kind of can get a little bit complicated. But PHP developers can extend. Project Huddle without knowing hardly any JavaScript just because of how Backbone is set up. So I, I rather like it, but I can see the benefit the benefit being like there's more react gonna be more React developers and more expertise there. But that's that's a really good point, right? Because up until Advanced Custom Fields announced announced that they were making it so you could define blocks in PHP. A lot of PHP developers who don't know JavaScript were freaking out. I mean, I don't, I'm not a JavaScript expert. I know enough to be dangerous. I can definitely break the front end with some JavaScript. <laughs> uh, and I don't know React. And I was like, I, I need to learn React. And maybe now with advanced custom fields, I can still do stuff, but maybe delay that. So your point is a very good one. Backbone, relatively lightweight too, and it's extensible for. PHP developers. So I think you're making a good choice, right? As long as WordPress doesn't announce that they're removing Backbone from core in the near future, yep. you're good. Which, which, yeah, exactly. Which I could still ship my own version. Yeah, right. In the end. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, But, you know, it's like a lot of these frameworks are, I mean, React is a little more opinionated. Um, but Backbone's very similar. It just doesn't have, if people are familiar with the two-way data binding, so models aren't automatically updated. With Backbone, you just have to add listeners and update kind of what you want, which gives you more control, but you just have to write more more code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds a little bit like Angular, right? I like hitched my wagon to Angular yeah. a couple years ago, and now I'm like, eh, now I got to unhitch it and move to React. <laughs> so. You're going to be moving that hitch around a lot in the next couple of years. I know. <laughs> that's. I, I'm glad I didn't hitch it to, rev- to Vue earlier. I was like, Vue seems easier. And it's also JavaScript, and I like that. And then, well, React. If I if I want to stay in the WordPress space or develop in the WordPress space, React is the one I should learn. So, uh, I have Wes Boss's course, which I will link in the show notes, and he's very good. So, oh yeah, that just came out, didn't it? He just that, updated it. Uh, I have yeah, yeah. So I have his Node one and his React one. 
And uh, uh, have, have you have you taken any of them or done any of? I took his free JavaScript 30 course, and as a course developer myself, I just love his style. Like it's, we have very similar styles. He's pretty relaxed. I think he does a good job of demoing code because uh, it's that's hard, right? Like talking yeah. about code in a course. I've done it, and I think I've done it somewhat successfully. I've gotten good feedback, but it's just. That's a hard thing to do, and he does it very well. So I appreciate the work he's doing, and I'm happy to support it. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for your WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to pantheon.io today, again, to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. So uh, that's really cool. Are there any other notes on how you built Project Huddle before we move on to the next set of questions? Because I know we touched on a couple of things, but uh, I feel like we could go pretty deep if you want to. Yeah, I guess there's um, something that, I, the, I mean, if people are interested in this, but I never get to talk about it, so I'm super excited. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, there's, uh, you know, with, the, with website commenting, there was a, a huge challenge. Like, if you're commenting on an image, you can just, oh, this is the XY coordinate of the image. But if you're on a website and it works responsibly, sometimes things move around, they mm-hmm. disappear, um, like, that was sort of a huge challenge to figure out how to stick a pin on a website and have it stick, even when content changes, because it's a feedback tool. You put a pin down, it's likely that content's going to change. So uh, I used uh, something called Levenstein distance, which is like a, it does a percentage match between two strings. And so kind of how it works is it stores the HTML that was clicked uh, when the comment was left. And then when it needs to find that again, it checks the original CSS selector, figures out if it's a good match. If it's not, it continues up the DOM tree until a good match is found. So what, what's really nice about how that works is if you move sections around on a page or make content changes or um, look at it on a different device, the pin will uh, 99% of the time stay where it's supposed to stay. And that was like super hard to figure out. That took probably six to eight months just to figure that part of the equation out. Wow. And the rest, is, the rest was uh, pretty easy, but, and it still, you know, has some uh, bugs here and there that working on fixing, but. Yeah, I mean, that's what they say, right? The last 20% of the project takes 80% of the time to do. Totally true, yeah. yeah. So I, I really love that. I was, I'm glad I didn't just kind of lead you to that question and you brought it up because I was curious about that, right? Because. Doing that is hard, and and what you just described is a very, like, academic computer science-y 
question. <laughs> like we talked about that and like like I have a master's in software engineering. So like we how do you map nodes and things like that and find points and process images and, and it's not really something that you get to talk about in the WordPress space very often. So not at all, no. Uh, that's really cool. And the the thing you said you used was Levenstein distance. Yeah, and it just it's very basic. Mm-hmm. You just give it two strings. How close of a match are they? It kind of fuzzy matches them. Nice. And so that that's a library and not an algorithm, right? Or it's a library. It's, it's, it, it's an algorithm. Okay, cool. Uh, somebody put somebody made into and again more open source, yeah. source software. Somebody made into a JavaScript function for everybody to use. So cool. Um, nice. Didn't have to do anything super tricky on my end. Just had to figure out what what pieces to put together. It's Kind of like adult Legos in in a way. <laughs> oh yeah, without a doubt, I love that. I uh, I actually had a student working on um, like mapping shapes with JavaScript Canvas to musical notes. Because uh, no he had he needed some like assistive technology, and and we were in a web development class, and the things he was doing was super cool. Like he like we got to a point where he's like, I have a question about this, and I'm like, I don't. I mean, I'll have to research this. <laughs> like, I don't just know the answers to this one off the top of my head. But it was—I'll see if I can dig up that project too, because it was very cool. And we were working completely in CodePen, which is an incredible learning uh, tool for the classroom. So, awesome. Uh, I think it's a sign of a good teacher, right? When when the student stumps you and you, you have to. Well, thank you. Right? That's what I told myself, right? <laughs> if I'm like, if they if they only know as much as I know, then I haven't taught them how to learn. I just brain dumped on them, right? So. Yeah, uh, I like that. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Well, uh, really love that. I could talk about that all day, but we are coming up on time, and mm-hmm. I do want to talk to you about uh, your plans for the future now. I will say that I used to have a question like, how has this evolved? And we generally talk about that in the first half of the show. But we did not talk at all about pricing, and I'm always curious about that. So maybe we could talk in your plans for the future and kind of how things evolved. How did you come up with the pricing, uh, and what are your plans for the future? Yeah, the pricing, man, that's, I think that's got to be the hardest part about selling digital products. That was just a shot in the dark, really. Um, looking at other plugins that were, weren't even in my space, figuring out what people what people buy, and then um, probably increasing a little bit because I was probably a little low at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the current plan is I, there's a um, a base version of Project Huddle, which is going to get you know a lot of the core features, um, and that's at eighty nine dollars. And then there's a um, going to be some add ons that are coming. Like right now, there's a file uploads add-on that lets you upload files right into the comments. So it's great if, if a client's like, hey, let's swap out this image. Here it is. And they can just upload it right in the comment. And so that's uh, the next pricing tier, which is currently at, I think, 109, but will go up when, when more add-ons are, are added. Um, and then there's a, so those are all, are all yearly fees. Um, and of course, like with any WordPress plugin, if you decide you don't want to pay or you can't pay, or you don't want to renew, like the plugin will keep keep working. Right. It's not it's not like you don't have access to any of your data anymore. You just renew when you want a feature update or support. So, yeah, and, and that's probably the best part about things, right? You, you just uh, it's almost like every year ScreenFlow or Camtasia comes out with a new version that you have to pay yeah. for. But if I don't, like, yeah, if I don't want to pay for it's it, it's like how 
Exactly. It's like how software used to be. You'd yeah. buy it, it'd come in a box yep. <laughs> with a bunch of CDs yep. or whatever. Yep. I don't know how old people are, but <laughs> maybe floppy disks. I, I, don't know. Uh, I remember CDs. I remember being <laughs> baffled by zip drives. Like I was familiar with like floppies. Oh, and yeah. CDs. And then I'm like, zip drive? Like, how does that even work? Like, it doesn't fit into my floppy drive. Like, you need, like, a whole separate thing. Man, the <laughs> computers in the 90s were, like, a crazy time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's cool. I, I really like that because you're absolutely right. Pricing digital products is so hard. There's no manufacturing costs, right? It's like, no, no. it's just my time. And how long does it take for me to get my time paid for how many do I have to sell? And then when I sell that many, like I've, I've kind of made that money back. And I, I've been told simultaneously that my prices for my courses are too high and too low. So it really depends on who I want to cater to, right? Do I want to cater yep. to the person who's only willing to pay like 10 bucks for a course that's going to make them thousands of dollars? Or do I want to yeah. raise the prices and sell fewer? It's a, it's a very interesting problem. I just like getting different perspectives on that. Uh, I'm sure there's like people way more knowledgeable about this than maybe you were you and I. But when when I first released it, people were saying it was too expensive, mm-hmm. and now they're saying, "Wow, what a deal!" So it's like maybe, yeah, maybe it's too cheap now. I don't know. As more features get added, you know, there's more value. I don't know how it works. Yeah, but. and it's finding the right person, uh, the right persona, I guess, right? Because uh, I was having this conversation with a few folks, and um, basically. Catering to people specifically in the WordPress space is very hard. People in the WordPress space think that they should get a lot of things for free, and they don't necessarily see the value of things. And this is not a knock on everybody in the WordPress space. I'm in the WordPress space. But it is harder, right? It's it's maybe a better analogy would be Android versus iOS users. And yeah. iOS users are willing to pay for apps way more often than Android users are because of the open source mindset. So that's... It's very tricky waters that we're in. Yeah, that's a good example. I was just about to mention that. And I even think like WordPress is kind of like the new Android Google Play Store in a way. It's, good. it's like just so many themes, so many plugins, that it's becoming such a commodity. It's a really weird, different space than when I started in it, you know, a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. And sure, we both have now 10 years of insight to work on, but it, it is easy to see the change. And I'll leave with one more anecdote before I ask you what trade secrets you have. Uh, <laughs> but I was doing, I was running an in-person course, right? A four-week in-person training that I was charging 200 bucks for. And the people who came were people from the enterprise space who wanted to learn about WordPress because $200 in the enterprise space is stupid cheap. Yes. And then there were people who like who were like, why would I pay you 200 bucks when I can just go to YouTube? And I'm like, these are not the people that I want to work with. If they don't see the value in being in the same room as me for four weeks for 50 bucks a week, like, I don't know, that's crazy. So it's uh, cheaper than a gym membership in some places. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm teaching you how to use a thing that will absolutely make you money. I mean, I guess if you're like for a sure. bodybuilder or a model, like a gym membership <laughs> But you can make me, more I, money on WordPress than being a bodybuilder. Yeah, <laughs> right. I just don't want to be winded when I walk up the stairs. So, uh, yep. okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that was, thank you for letting me rant uh, about <laughs> that. 
so I do want to ask you my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Oh, man. My, I, I don't know how people usually answer this question, but uh, it's maybe not a trade secret, but it's like a motto I live for um, that done is better than perfect. And uh, when I used to, when I first started, it was always, oh, it's not ready. It's not perfect. Oh, this could be better. This, you know, it worked. Everything works great, but I really love it. Could do this, but you just have to get it done, release it, and then iterate. So done is better than perfect is my trade secret. Done is better than perfect. Remember those words, everybody. Those are very, very important words. And I think this, everything you've said up until this point, harkens back to that, right? You said you have a bias towards action and MVP is better than just writing it down. If you spend so much time making sure it's perfect and release it and nobody buys it, that's a big blow. But if you get it out and it's not perfect, you get feedback. And if people don't buy it, it's it's, you know, if I do a course in a day and nobody buys it, I'm like, that's one day. If I spend a year developing a course and nobody buys it, I'm like, I just lost all of 2018. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. So, <laughs> done is better than perfect. I love that. Andre, thanks so much for your time. Where can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter at, at Project Cuddle is a good one. Um, or my personal one, which is at A-J-G-A-G-N-O-N. It's my, my name. Nice, nice. Uh, I will be sure to link both of those in the show notes. And then, of course, you can find Project Huddle at projecthuddle.io. Yep, perfect. All right, cool. I will link all of that and more in the show notes. Andre, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much to Andre for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Uh, His trade secret, as I kind of alluded to in the intro for this episode, was done is better than perfect. Something that I need to remember from time to time as I build software or a website or a new project. Get that first iteration out there and start getting feedback. So uh, thanks again so much to Andre. Uh, My question of the week for you is, what is a project that you just need to launch? Let me know by emailing me, joe at howibuilt.it, or on Twitter, at jcasabona. For all of the show notes for this episode, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash 116. Thanks again to this week's sponsors, Plesk, Castos, and Pantheon. This show would not happen without their support. And support from you, the listener. If you liked this episode, uh, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps people discover us. And until next time, get out there and build something.